NFL Week 15 has arrived, and I'd like to tell you about our good friends at Viore. Clothes that give you a new perspective on performance apparel. Everything from Viore is made to sweat in, and you're going to look good while you're doing it. Get on board because Viore is what you need for the holidays. I, I promise you, this stuff is awesome. Uh, they have the hoodies. They have the jackets. They have the core shorts. They have the joggers for men and for women. A actual great selection of all kinds of stuff for both men and women. Um, MJD's been living in it. I've been living in it. Viori, V-U-O-R-I, clothing.com slash helipod. It is the 15th. If you order this week, you're going to have it in time for the holidays, and we're going to give you 20% off using the promo code helipod. That's V-U-O-R-I, clothing.com slash helipod, 20% off today. And with that message from our good friends at Viori, we are ready to get the helipod with MJD started right now. What's up, dude? Why do you look like you're texting somebody? Let's focus on the helipod with MJD. I was actually looking at the rundown that I told you I wasn't going to look at. Oh, you're cheating. You're cheating. Well, then you'll see that I am starting with something that I appreciate more and more as I get a little longer in the tooth, and that is longevity. No question. We praise Tom Brady uh, relentlessly, as we should. At 44 years old, he's having an MVP season. He leads the NFL in passing yards, passing touchdowns. He's changed the way that we look at age in the NFL, especially for quarterbacks, the way that Steph Curry has changed the way that basketball is being played from the youth level to the NBA, right? We fawn over him. Mm -hmm. constantly but what about your guy andrew whitworth the left tackle for the rams turned 40 on sunday he's the first left tackle to start a game at 40 years old and only the fifth offensive lineman in the 102 year history of the national football league to play into his 40s and dare i say after reconstructive knee surgery in the offseason He's actually getting better. Pro Football Focus is rating him higher this year than they have in the last five years. There's no way he plays another year, right? This has to be the swan song for Andrew Whitworth. He's playing great. Uh, so this is the thing. I actually got a chance. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. I got a chance to talk with him this offseason uh, in training camp. And, uh, you know, I, just, I was weird as, you know, shooting the shit, just talking. And I was, I was like, where do you train? Like, like I, we, I interviewed him and he was like somewhere in some cabin. I'm like, what do you, he goes, Maurice, I train in Colorado in the mountains. He goes, he trains where the Olympic players, the Olympic people train right up there in the elevation. Colorado he said, because State. it's, yeah. he's like, he's like, it's, cause it's like blood doping to like you're training in elevation. It's, it's harder to breathe. It's harder to do things. You're pushing your body um, to like different, you know, toughnesses. And, and he was like, I run track, I lift. I do all these different things. He goes, so when I come to training camp, I do everything I can to try to get, um, to try to make myself as tired as possible. And it's, it's, it's my body has been able to adapt to that. So he's been doing that for every off season and like thinking about that. Cause you know, I have kids and we talk about my kids and I got to show you, I haven't showed you the highlight tape that I put together for my oldest one yet. Oh, I want but, to see it. I got to do that too, back, by the way. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I may text it to you. It's on his IG, by the way, but like he has the juice. And so it's my job as his father's to figure out what best may work for him. And part of that may be, you know, doing what Andrew Whitworth has done. 
right? Where his, he's all about, obviously he eats right, takes care of his body. He's always outside. He's always active. But the way he trains, right? He trains a certain way after the season. And then in the summertime, he goes, he has a, a place in uh, Colorado that he goes to and he trains in the mountains. And, you know, the longer, the more you take care of your body, the better you, you end up being. Now, this is a funny, this is a crazy stat that you're going to, that is going to be out there. You know, we were drafted in the same draft class. I think he's a couple picks ahead of me. Maybe he might've been in the forties and I was like, I'm in, the, I was number 60. So it's, it's insane. Remind me what year, remind me what year. 2006. Okay. It's insane that Andrew Whitworth is still playing. He may be in the thirties. He might be in the thirties. I forget where he was drafted, but he was before me for sure. But it's insane to see him still playing that position and playing at such a high level. Right now he's, he's much older than I am. Like I'm 36. He's just turning 40, but um like how were you drafted the same year because i did dan because i was a i was a real one i got up <laughs> out of there that's the difference he, he stayed he enjoyed his whole full college experience i got up out of there i got missing you know what i'm saying so um but yeah right. so, out of lsu he was the 55th overall pick in the second round mm-hmm. and i was 60 you, you were 60 in the second round yeah Wow. God, you're a baby, dude. Yeah, it's amazing, right? Compared to, but the, he's 40, yeah. right? I'm 36. Like, it's insane. Um, but it's, it's, you have to take care of your body. And, and, and you, the more you do it, your body will give, will give it back, right? It'll, it'll help you out more. So for me, I, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of the way it's, and, and let's also say this the game has changed so much. You don't see the hard hits like I took when I was playing, you don't see that anymore. The game is all about player safety. I remember doing double days in Jacksonville's heat. Like that was insane. They don't do that anymore. Like they, like a lot of the game has changed to prolong guys. You just had to make it to that point. I remember sitting in a meeting with DeMora Smith when he first hired, he was first hired as the NFL PA president. And he was like, listen, if you can make it five or six more years, you'll be able to play another five or six more years. I just couldn't make it. I just, I just couldn't get there. You know what I'm saying? But you're starting to see the way guys are practicing, the way things are going. Um, that's, I mean, it's awesome to see that. And I, I love that uh, Andrew Whitworth is taking advantage of this. And not only is he taking advantage, like you said, he's getting better. And, I mean, to go against the Arizona Cardinals defense that has been getting after people, they, I, don't, I don't think they gave up a sack. They might have given up a couple of pressures, but they didn't give up a sack. I don't, maybe one sack. I think they gave up one sack, but it wasn't. It was a deal, a deal, interior D lineman that got it, not an outside guy, not Chandler Jones or Marcus Golden, who they were going against the whole time on Monday night. Yeah. And the crazy thing about Whitworth is he's actually a really good athlete. I know you're going to say this doesn't make him a good athlete, but I didn't realize what a good golfer he was at oh, six, seven, three, three. Yeah. To be able to, to get out there on the golf course and do what he does. And he says, and it's a valid point. It's the same thing that you said about your conversation with D Smith. Look at Trent Williams, who going into his age 33 season, which was this year, he signs a $138 million contract. I mean, that to me says that the 49ers are expecting at least three to four more good years out of Trent Williams. And when you talk about athletes at the offensive lineman position, Trent Williams is as good as it gets. I mean, I've seen that dude throw it down with ease on a basketball court. Trent Williams is, is fantastic. But I just wanted to start with appreciating longevity, 
appreciating somebody other than Tom Brady who is playing but, but, into their 40s. But this is the thing. And this, I got to say this. You have to respect the GOAT for what he's doing. Oh, like, no he doubt. He's out not, there. I'm not did you not see him run? Does he not look faster? <laughs> he looks see, faster than he did 10 years ago. Did you see the Twitter video he put out? Yes. And they were calling that on not being able to run. He, he posts all his runs. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. All right, TB12. Yeah, he could. Listen, he's getting better, too. Now, I'm not into the whole eating avocado ice cream. And well, I mean, that's, that's like, overplayed. I'm not into all that. I'm, I'm working my way towards it to get back because I do need to get back skinny. But it's like, come on, you've tried your own little vegetarian regime or whatever it was you were doing. I, I, did. I mean, I've done a lot of things in my life, Dan, that have worked. Some haven't. But I mean, <laughs> I, I just know for me, like, I still want to be able to live and do some 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 great things. And I, I want to live a long time. And and so with Tom, you're learning more and more like Tom is OK. Let me say this. Longevity happens at certain positions, right? Adrian Peterson still playing the running back position. You can see he's obviously not Adrian Peterson that we're used to seeing, but to see him still out there playing at the age of 36, that's a long time. That's Frank Gorish, right? Frank Gore, longevity at the running back position. Um, O-lineman really tackles, to be honest with you. Tackles. Guard is probably the toughest position on the National Football League because you're banging every play, right? You have to protect the center. You're going against three techniques. Like, you're, you're, you're getting after it. Tackles, you have a little bit more space, so it's not as like shoulder heavy hitting and as much banging, and you know. But even right. the DB position, like the DB, if you can stay athletic, like to be honest, D Hall is still doing backflips. Uh, D'Angelo Hall was one of our co workers at the network, or one of mine at the network. Um, he can still, still do backflips, backflips. yeah, he can still play, like he can still play if he wanted to, but he decided not to, right? Like he still has the ability to go out there and play at the age at the age he is. So it's just like there's a lot of it, longevity just depends on the position that you're playing. Um, well, that makes that makes Whitworth even more impressive, right? At, at, it does. You can't take a playoff on the O-line. I mean, no. it's just it's different. It's a different position. And you look at the running back position, right? I mean, shoot. Emmett played a long time. Walter Payton played a long time. Like they, there's. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm I'm. Again, just as I get older, I get more and more impressed with longevity. I think there's. But so we know that you're not athletic, Dan. You play pickleball. That's about as athletic as you get. The last time you challenged me, you got whooped. So, do you see a smile on my face? Yeah, it's a beautiful smile. I see. I see those pearly whites showing. <laughs> yeah, there goes the laugh. I knew it was coming. Uh, we will have another one-on-one battle. I just played my son in one-on-one, and oh, I had to lost. whip him. No. Oh, I mean, you beat 11 him. To one. Eleven oh, okay, to one. Okay, good. You got to. Um, all right, let's talk AFC team. Hold on real quick. Yeah. I just ran with my kids yesterday. We were running hundreds. My oldest one was rolling me like with ease, with ease. That's why I was like, I got to get back in shape. I got to get back to running again with ease, Dan. Uh, uh, I'm talking about, he was like, 14, I was like, are you running? dominating you? 13, 13. 13. I'm like, oh, you're running with full. Are you running full speed? He goes, oh no, like 70%. That's a good sign for you. I mean, good sign for you. you, you listen, my son said to me the other day, he's like, dad, do you want me to be bigger than you? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm six foot, nothing, uh, 195 pounds. Yeah. I want you to be bigger than me. Absolutely. Um, all right. AFC, right. The NFC to me right now is more interesting because when I look at the AFC and you, you look at the seven and six teams that are kind of stacked up in terms of the playoff race, you got the Colts and the bills in the final two playoff spots right now, the Browns, the Bengals, the Broncos all sitting at seven and six, uh, with a good shot. But right now, out of the playoffs if this season ended today. To me, I think it's going to 
end in chalk here. I think you're going to have the Colts and the Bills. They're going to be the final two playoff teams. Do you see any? Who, who are the, the three? Who are the three wild card teams right now? Uh, well, Colts and Bills are the final two. Um, at seven and six. Hold on, stand by. Are the Chargers? I think the Chargers are up there. I though, think, right? Yeah, I think the Chargers are up there as well. As I pull up the standings. Um, but I think that's going to be, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of shakeup in terms of the standings there in the, in the AFC in the playoffs as I am pulling so it this up. Is, so real quick, I'm going to say this while we're, while you're pulling it up. I Colts. think the, it's so the Colts, it? the bills, the chargers. You're correct. You are the three wildcard teams in the AFC. So this is the thing. The Bengals can still get in because they can win the AFC North, right? If you look at what the AFC North has looked like, I know we'll probably talk about it in a little bit. They have an opportunity and down the stretch, a lot of these teams have to face each other. It's not It's not like, you know, even the Dolphins have a chance to get in this thing because their schedule is so easy. I think they play the Patriots, the Jets, um, the Saints. And it's like, so they have like you, you, there's a lot of teams that have chances. This I love the way the schedule makers made this schedule because the NFC East all play each other right now, which is awesome. Right. But then a lot of these other teams that need to get in, some of them have great easy schedules. Others have like, like, are you kidding me? Tough schedules in the AFC. And so, yeah. to, so to your point, MJD, and I, let's just talk about it now, because I think this is a really valid point. You're talking about the, uh, the AFC North, the level of concern with Baltimore sitting at eight and, eight and five is the division leader with Lamar Jackson having a, a, a bum ankle. They're finishing schedule. Okay. Eight and five leading the division. They look to be in great position. Not necessarily. They finish with Green Bay, Cincinnati on the road, the Rams and Pittsburgh. They could easily lose three out of the next four. Or all four. Or all four. I mean, listen, Pittsburgh's no pushover. And you're looking at it, you're looking at a Baltimore team that could find themselves on the outside looking in in terms of the playoff picture. I'm a little worried about Baltimore. They're two and three in their last five and they're averaging 16 points per game. Are you as worried as me about the Ravens? Oh, I'm, I'm, I've been concerned once they started. Listen, it was okay to lose your running backs. It was okay to lose Marcus Peters. You, you possibly have lost Calais Campbell. You've lost Marlon Humphrey. Like you only can handle so many injuries to, to keep play pieces on your defense and offense. Right now, Lamar has the ankle injury. That's going to linger. Right. So now he's gonna have to play from the pocket, right? Which, we know he's worked on, but that's not his best attribute. We know what his best attribute. He's an electric, right? Him to being able to ability to pull down and run. Oh my goodness! So you have some coaching that you have to do if you're the Baltimore Ravens, and you're going against teams like the Green Bay Packers, who are the one seed in the NFC, the Bengals, who are still fighting, believing they have a chance to make it to the playoffs, who do have a chance, the Rams, who are trying to win the NFC West still, and then the Steelers because it's a rivalry game. Why wouldn't? Yeah. Mike Tomlin and them trying to, you know, they're still trying to win. They still feel like they got a chance to win it, right? So you have four tough games right now that you have to try to make it in. So, like, there may not, in the wild card race, there may not be a lot of movement, but there still can be a ton of movement. To be honest, if you look at the Colts' schedule, it's not easy either. The Colts have to play the Cardinals. They have to play the Patriots this week. They they could lose two games back to back. They could. They do finish. They do finish with the Raiders and the Jags. But that's uh, fine. But, but you still have two. Cardinals, yeah, that's those tough. are two tough teams, right? So two and two. Does that get you in if you're the Colts? Mm, that's it. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and the Bills, they're dealing with a bunch of not. They got a bunch going on that they're dealing with right now, 
And I want to say they got to play the Patriots again in Foxborough. The Patriots schedule is crazy, too. The one thing I will say about the Bills, when you look at their remaining schedule, they're taking on the Panthers this week. Then it's at New England. Then it's Falcons and Jets. And the Falcons aren't a pushover, but the Bills should beat the Falcons at home. And they they host the Jets as well. So three out of the last four for the Bills are very winnable games. And when you look at the Patriots' schedule, of course, they're the number one seed right now. You have Colts, Bills, Jags, Dolphins. So definitely. They have have three tough games there. Yeah, definitely a more difficult schedule for them. Um, You're right, dude. The schedule, we never talk about the schedule makers, but they did a hell of a job. Uh, So let's say, let's say this, uh, the seven and six teams, okay? The seven and six teams in the AFC right now. Are the Colts and the Bills season end today? They're in the playoffs, and right behind them you have the Browns, the Bengals, and the Broncos. Do you see either of the three teams—the Browns, the Bengals, or the Broncos—being able to creep up into playoff contention and steal one of those wild card spots? I, I see the the Bengals doing it, um, just because you've seen the promise they have. Right? I think they could sneak in and probably win the AFC North to be honest, because they're healthy. Um, they're playing really well. They were in a dogfight against the Niners, who's a really good team that we talked about on this podcast. One of the scary, the teams you don't want to play, right? They're one of the teams you don't want to play. By the way, and, by the way, I don't, I don't know if it was last week or the week before when you said that, but you, you hit the nail on the head 100% with that team. And that game against Cincinnati was a playoff game. It was. And it was played like a playoff game. And those are two good teams and I know San Francisco pulled it out, but the Cincinnati special teams handed him 10 points on a platter, but whatever, whatever that was, those are two, those are two playoff teams in my mind. And I think you're absolutely right about Cincinnati. I, I think Cincinnati could end up winning that division. And I, I, I think they're headed to the postseason. I'm, I'm a buyer of Cincinnati, but, but this is my, my So I'm, you know, I'm not a, a Baker believer as we saw against Baltimore. He, he, he still couldn't throw the ball. Um, but now with everyone having COVID, this COVID outbreak in Cleveland, yeah, right? What are you going to do with that? Your head coach has it. Your quarterback has it. Like, they're going to literally run the ball against the Raiders. That's all they can do is just run the football against the Raiders and play defense. That's all they're going to be able to do because they don't have anyone. Your tight end has it. Like, like they have to find a way. And that's where I'm a little concerned about it. And I know we'll, we'll talk about that in game picks, but that's a concern for me. Yeah. Down the stretch. I absolutely think it is. And because it could affect more than just this week, right? Yes. We're we're so used to talking about, oh, they just need two negative tests separated by 24 hours as long as they're vaccinated. Well, sometimes people actually get, you don't just get rid of COVID overnight. Like it linger for five days, right? And then you can can get sick. Right. You can can get sick. (laughs) Right. Right. And I know this is not the podcast for it, but I, I, I hate answering the question like, oh, you're vaccinated. It doesn't mean you can't catch it. Right. It just protects you from like dying from it. Right. So as we've seen in in multiple cases with the National Football League, guys that are vaccinated have gotten COVID and have actually been sick. Right. And And it takes them them a a week or so to recover sometimes. Yeah. Two test negative. Um, All right. So the AFC has all those seven and six teams. Meanwhile, in the NFC, you have a bunch of six and seven teams. Right. Yeah. Washington has the last wild card spot sitting at six and seven. They win a tiebreaker over Minnesota, Philadelphia, Atlanta, and the Saints. When I look at that, 
those four teams that are right behind Washington right now, to, to me, Minnesota is the best of all of them, in my opinion. Which Minnesota? The, which Minnesota? The Minnesota we saw this week. I don't know if they're that good. I, I, I think the first half have, Minnesota could beat everybody. That's the thing. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like Dalvin Cook, like his shoulder was hanging by a thread. He ran for 200 yards. But then, but in the second half, that's the Minnesota Vikings team that lost to the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, I, like, do you like that's that's why their record is where they are because they haven't been able to put a complete package together on both sides of the ball. How do you go from blitzing Ben Roethlisberger? and sacking him all in the first half to end the half, you're all over him. Then the second half, you just drop back and play coverage. Because I think coaches just overthink everything. Everything. Well, this is the thing, Dan. Like, I, you said the Vikings. You said, I, okay, this is the team that I'm scared of in the NFC. I've already told you about my Niners. Yeah. The one team that I'm terrified of and out of those, the six and seven is the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to tell you why. Are you more, hold on, before you tell me why, are you more scared of them with Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew? Jalen Hurts. Okay. I've seen Gardner Minshew. He, Gardner Minshew is going to win you a game or two. But then once you get tape on him, he's going to, his little run around stuff gets kind of taken out. The issue is the running quarterback with Jalen Hurts. He's, he's very Russell Wilson esque in his younger years, right? Where he could take off and scramble and rush for three touchdowns in a game and win the game. He also could throw for three through the air as well. And that is in the wild card. You don't want to run around and chase a guy. You don't want to have to run all over the place. Now I know he has an ankle injury as well, which may hamper his running ability a little bit, but when he's running, did you see how more explosive their offense is? Yeah. Miles Sanders is running better. Like that is scary going into the playoffs because now you have to play 11 on 11 football. Don't nobody want to play. And I know that's horrible English, but don't nobody want to play 11 on 11 football because if one person messes up or they figure out who Waldo is or the one guy that's not supposed to be out there, it's over. All right. So out of that crew, Washington, Minnesota, Philadelphia, I, I, I threw Atlanta and the saints in there. I, I'm not believing yeah, I mean, that they have a the saints, the, the saints are similar with, I think they're tough to a Taysom Hill running the ball. I think that's tough, but eventually you have to throw it. And we know Taysom Hill, that's, he, that is not a, a thing that he can do really well right now. Hurts hurts. Not, not great, but he's a better he's a better quarterback than yes. Jason Hill is, and I don't think there's a question about that. Um, I, I can buy you. I can see Philadelphia. I still think Minnesota has the pieces um, to be better than any of those teams, including Washington, that's in the seventh spot right now. Minnesota. Team, so let me say this: Minnesota is a team, right? If you look at their wins, Dan, they beat the Packers, they beat the Cardinals, or no, they they lost the Cardinals in a close one. They beat the Packers. I want to say the they Chargers. They beat the Chargers. They they have some great wins, but then if you look at their losses, you're like, what? Well, not necessarily. They've lost to the Bengals and the Cardinals. They lost to the Dallas Cowboys and Cooper Rush at home. That's a horrible loss. And they lost to the Ravens. And they lost, lost to the Lions and the 49ers. Yeah. So you see what I'm saying? Yeah. They have a couple bad losses on there, but. Listen, Jacksonville's beaten a couple of pretty good teams too, right? I mean, just it happens. It's the NFL. No, not, but they don't though. Because this is so, okay, I'll explain this. I'm going to explain this to our fans and then we can go on. In the National Football League, if you can run the ball, especially late in December, you have a chance of winning every game and running through the playoffs. That's why the Vikings are good because they can run the ball, right? They have an explosive offense as well with their passing game. If Kirk Cousins is on, they are unstoppable. 
But if he's off, like he was against the Pittsburgh Steelers in the second half, he'll throw the other team back into the game. If you look at the Arizona Cardinals right now, who just lost to the my Rams, yeah, they lost for one of two reasons. One, Kyler Murray is still trying to throw from the pocket, and he's struggling throwing from the pocket, and he can't. They limited him scrambling all over the place, right? And then two, they don't play a physical brand of football. Now, James Conner was their physical brand of football, but he's hurt. He got hurt at the last play of the game um, on Monday night. So I don't know what happened or what's going to be okay, but that was their physical brand of football. If you don't have a physical brand of football in December, you will not win football games. And that's why the Buffalo Bills are struggling right now because their physical brand of football is their quarterback. He has to do everything. And eventually he's going to wear down. That's why you saw him in a walking boot, right? So you have to find a way to, to get a running game in December. Now, and people don't always say, Maurice, you're a running back. Like, that's like, no, that's football. Football will never change. After Thanksgiving, and for our fans in the UK that listen, after uh, like mid November, when it starts to get cold, you better have a running game and to play a great defense because that's what travels. Well, let me challenge you with this. Did Kansas City have a great running game when they won the Super Bowl? They did. They they didn't have a great one. They had a they, their defense stopped the run and they had a running game. They had they had enough of a running game. They had enough of a running game. It was, you, you had to be balanced. When you look at the best teams, the best records in football right now, Green Bay can run the ball. Tampa Bay can run the ball in the NFC. Arizona, the other 10-win team, to your point, struggles at times. James Conner, even though he's been great in fantasy and he scored two touchdowns, he had 13 carries for like 30 yards. So he's not putting up great numbers. And then in the AFC, you look at the teams that are top the conference with nine wins, Patriots can run the ball. Titans with Derrick Henry can run the ball without they struggle a little bit. They're more. still running the ball though. They're still running the ball. Yeah, they're still running. They, they ran for they ran for two hundred against New England. Yeah, they they they're still running. They're finding a way to get it done with spare parts. Uh, the Ravens can run the ball. Chargers can run the ball. To your point, you're absolutely the Chiefs, right. Just, you know, but people don't even know the Chiefs are rushing for over like 140 yards a game right now. They run the ball too. Clyde Edwards had a couple hundred yard games. Uh, Darius, not Darius, Darrell Williams, Darren. Darren. Yes. Williams. He's been running the ball really well. They, they rushed for about 130 to 140 yards a game over the last couple of weeks, which it's, it's making them balanced, right. Which is helping out their defense. Like they, they are. Remember we talked that. Okay. We talked about this. We'll go to the next subject of this. I told you, no one wants to play the chiefs. They get hot. And getting hot for the Chiefs is not scoring 40 points a game like they did against the Raiders. They didn't turn the ball over. If you don't turn the ball over, they are tough to beat. Well, you can make the argument, and everybody has all these power rankings out there now, but, you know, they're they're right up there. They're one of the top four teams in the league, in my mind, in terms of threat to win the Super Bowl. Um, I don't have the odds up in front of me, but yeah, they're, they're, they're running a lot better. And Daryl Williams is the guy we're talking about with Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Um, And then, you know, Mahomes is just enough of a threat as a quarterback that you have to, you have to think about him in the pocket as potentially running one team. I don't think we have to worry about anymore though. MJD is the Raiders and they, they 
set themselves up for failure by dancing on the logo before the game. I thought that was Dude, uh that's some high school that, hairy stuff, man. That doesn't I mean, affect that doesn't just, affect I, national. Why football do you do league. that? If it's high school hairy, why do you do it? It's just stupid. Why I do mean, you do it? Listen, it, I don't know why they did it, but it doesn't you gotta remember this isn't college, this isn't you know, high school. Like people get traded left and right, right? Like that logo means and and means more to the fans than it does the players. Like, yeah, we want to play in the pride and yeah, this and that. But at, the, at any given day, you could cut me or trade me. Tell me I'm not good enough. And then I got to go. I got to go use that same pride that I have for the Jaguars, for the Raiders or for whatever other team. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it doesn't matter. Like Melvin Ingram was with the Chargers, went to Pittsburgh, and that was when in, in the Chiefs, all in a matter of like six months. Right. So it's just like it, it happens, man. Like, the, I think more than anything, the Chiefs, you know, Patrick Mahomes played it up a little bit more than I would have, but the Chiefs just they have their number right now. And I think that, the other thing about it is less about the logo, more about remember when they said Gruden took two laps around after they beat him? Yeah. Like that <laughs> played a part in that more than anything else. I forgot about that. That's funny. You know, the Raiders, I and I, I honestly, I, all they've gone through, we, you know, we both worked with David Carr. We both know Derek Carr. Uh, I root for him to, I, you know, I'd like to see him do well. But since their three and zero start, they're three and seven, and they've had all the stuff that's happened with, you know, obviously Ruggs and and Gruden, and um, they've had to cut first round draft picks, and they're they're a debacle. They're, this is do you do you have to start over? Do you have to completely start over, or do you give Mayock a chance to right the ship? with a regular season, one, a full regular season or two, you know, listen, I know he's been in the general manager position, but he did not have veto power. It was, no, he wasn't running the team. Gruden was running the team. So I think, I think if you're Mark Davis, if it's me, I would give, I would give Mayock the opportunity to actually be the, the guy, right. To have power over the 53, all those things. Um, It seems like he's hit on a lot of other, he's hit on a lot of picks right outside the first round. And we all know, the rumor has is that Gruden made all the first round picks and then Mayock and his staff kind of did everywhere else. But, you know, you got to see, like, you've hit on some guys, man. You got to find a way to, to, you know, I don't think you do a total rebuild. I don't think you can afford to do that. You moved into a new city, a new stadium. You got to try to have a winner there. And you have a quarterback, you have a runner, you have a weapon at a tight end slash you know, whatever you want to call it. You have two bookend DNs right now, which are really good. You have pieces to build around. You just got to find a way to keep it going. I th- I think you want to keep everything intact as much as possible uh, with Gus Bradley and his defense there. And you want to try to, you know, get some guys, but you there's something going on. And it's just every year they tend to just do this slide right now, every year. Am I wrong for saying that? No, it's the last three or four years in a row. It's it's really crazy. So I I am a believer that if you have somebody who you can believe or who you believe is a franchise quarterback and that franchise quarterback wants to be there, like Derek Carr wants to be there, he doesn't want to go anywhere, you hang on to him. And I think Carr is a top 10 top 12 quarterback that you can win with you can win the big one with you just got to build around him a little bit well this is the thing there are people who think you should trade him and try to get try to get something for him you're not buying that listen i i keep it's all these 
So we, Daniel Jeremiah is a guy uh, who's a, who works with us, and he's a scout, right? Sure. And, and scouts believe in this rebuild. We got to rebuild. Well, this is the thing with the rebuild, and I, I've talked with a lot of coaches about it. I've never seen one coach rebuild and be there to see it be successful. Never have I ever seen that. If you rebuild, you may be rebuilding. Guess what? You're out of there. Like they don't, because you're the owner expects to win right now. So I'm never in rebuild. I'm in reload. We need to reload and get some players. I'm never in rebuilding. Ever. Look at the what New England, the New England Patriots did. Did they rebuild? Mm, I don't know. If no, call it rebuild. They didn't. That's no, not, they reloaded. They took one bad year. They had sure. one bad year. They got their quarterback and they went and spent a ton of money more than anybody ever. And they rebuilt their roster. They not rebuilt. They reloaded their roster with talent. That's what you do. They were certainly depleted of talent. You can make the argument that, that they rebuilt. They didn't try to tear it down by any stretch of the imagination. But if you trade your quarterback away, you better hit on that guy. You better hit. You're right. If you don't hit, it is over. And there's just there's not a guy this year in that draft. Like apologies to your Carson Strong and and your guys. There's not a quarterback in this draft this year that's going to be a. It's funny. Well, I, just, first of all, I'm not going to let you say that without me correcting you. There is a guy in the draft. You just got to draft him. But I don't know if they will. I, I'm. I, I, listen, Dan. I don't speak highly about guys. I told you about Javon Holland. I told you how I felt about him. How is it? How has it come out? Nice. Now, I, now think of him times 10 is how I feel about Carson strong. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, and if any GMs are listening, Detroit, Pittsburgh, new Orleans, you better get you, you better get this kid coming out. Cause he's serious. Carson now, I don't strong. Think- for those of you who are listening, who are not college football fans, I'm assuming most of you are, but Carson strong is one of the top quarterbacks who's going to be available in the draft. He went to Nevada uh, had a good career there, played for MJD back in his high school days in some seven-on-seven leagues. MJD is very familiar with him. Um, and he, right now, as Tom McShay came out with his big board for ESPN, I think Carson Strong was his number two quarterback. He had Pickett, the pit kid, as his number one. But no, no quarterbacks going in the top ten right now. They're all in the back half of the first round. But he had five, five quarterbacks going in the first round, all in the back half. That's fine. I mean, this is the thing. This is the thing. And, I, and I'm going to tell you this. And this is this is where I'm going to bring it back to the, the Raiders. Is there a quarterback that's like Derek Carr in this draft right now that's better than Derek Carr? No. So you're not going to do that. Okay. You're not going to go and trade him. And that's how you have to think. Right. When the Rams traded for Matthew Stafford, they said in the next couple of years, will there be a Matthew Stafford come out in this draft? To them, no. So you make the trade. If you're the Raiders, I don't. As much as I love Carson Strong, he's not better than Derek Carr right now. Maybe down the road he is, but you don't have the down the road time. So for me, there's a guy by the name of Devontae Adams that should be a free agent at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Played with Cart, played Fresno, baby. They play. Maybe maybe we go throw the bag at him. You see what I'm saying? Maybe we yeah. okay, okay. Maybe we draft some offensive linemen to come in and really help protect him. Maybe we start to build around our quarterback a little bit more. Maybe go get another tight end to help with Darren Waller and, and, and Foster Moreau. Now we have three tight ends, right? Maybe we start to put some more weapons around this young man and let him go out there and see if we can just outscore some teams and play, you know, what the NFL is. That's what you do. You don't, you don't, you go out and you go get weapons around your guy. 
I totally agree. And maybe you go get a running back who can stay healthy in addition to Josh Jacobs. When he's out there, he's nice, but he, yeah, Kenyon Drake enough. isn't the guy. He got hurt too. So you got to go find someone else. And to your point about Devontae Adams, this is no secret, right? Everybody knows they played together at Fresno State, but Devontae loves playing with Derek. He would love to Dan, play with Derek again. And Dan, that's something they thought they were would neighbors. Happen. They're my neighbors. When Carr was in the, with the Raiders, they live right across the street from me. Yeah. And Devontae still lives there in the offseason. He he would be he would be all about it. And that's something I know they have talked about many, many times. And they thought that might happen prior to Devontae signing this last contract with Green Bay, but he's going to be available. And it doesn't seem like Rodgers is going to be back there. So you know what? That's a great point. I had forgotten about that, MJD. That could turn things around offensively in a hurry. But this is the thing, though, and this is the one thing that I've, I was spoken with my agent about, and I'm, I'm glad we're on this topic. A lot of people in the front office, they don't see outside of their building, right? You gotta have to, you have to have someone in that building that has a 30,000 view of the National Football League that sees everything, right? And I say that because, okay, look, maybe Devontae Adams, you know, maybe he doesn't, maybe he resigns with Green Bay, that's fine. But there's other receivers that are coming out that are, you know, top-notch guys that'll be coming up on deals that probably won't be there. Right. Imagine if you would have signed Kenny Galladay. Maybe he would have helped out a little bit more. <laughs> you right. Think? Yeah. Like there's other guys that you could have spent money on to help your guy. You have to. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. And Tom Brady has shown us that they need weapons. Up. Oh, guess who else is coming up? Chris Godwin. He's coming up on a deal. He's going to be a free agent for sure. They're not going to have they can't tag him twice. Right. You know, I, a, I know, I know he's had a crappy year um, because of the quarterback situation there. But you have Allen Robinson as well. Allen Robinson's another one. You got Juju who's playing on a one-year deal who could who could help. You could bring you could bring two of those dudes in right now, and that would help with 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 Darren Waller and Derek Carr. Are you kidding me? Rebuild, reload. We're good to go. What about what about your old team, man? I got to ask you about what's going on in Jacksonville right now. And I know, listen, it was a really popular thing to bash Urban Meyer when he got hired and he had the stuff for the strength and conditioning coach. And he's had the Tim Tebow stuff in the summer that people thought was a bad idea. And then he had the stuff with the girl in Ohio when he didn't fly back with the team. And you said what everybody eventually said was the bigger deal was just not flying back with the team. That never happens. Um, and now, you know, he's had the benching of, James Robinson and said he didn't really know. And then he talked about another uh, defensive player. He said has been playing more and ended up the guy played zero snaps and the trust level. There's not Marvin Jones. Who's a respected member of the offensive unit gets into a screaming match with urban Meyer. Listen, dude, I know. And you know, him well, Shad Khan likes to hold on to coaches for maybe longer than he should. Yeah, I, I don't know that Urban's cut out to be an NFL head coach. And the worst thing I haven't even said yet, MJD, the worst thing is that he goes into a meeting room with his coaches and basically calls them a bunch of losers and says, what have you guys done? I've won everywhere I've been. What have you done? And this happened. This isn't just like some random report. First of all, it's coming from Tom Pelissero. I talked to somebody that's fucking in the room and said it absolutely happened. OK, it's you, you can't do that to grown ass men. You can't disrespect them like that. And oh, by the way, MJD, who hired all those guys? Urban hired all those guys. Right. What's he doing? So this is the thing. 
um, two things. And it's not just, I'm going to harp on Jacksonville, but I'm going to bring it to another point here in a second. I've never seen, to this day, I haven't seen a coach come from college and be successful in the National Football League. I haven't. Cliff Kingsbury is doing it right now. Is he, though? Yeah, he is. It, it, yes, are you he sure? Yeah, okay. I'm sure. He has 10 wins. He has 10 wins, so that's successful. That's success in the National Football League. He's not winning the Super Bowl. Well, hey, Lee, always, I, always speaking absolutes. Has when I when kids- I say successful, you're brought there to win a championship, not to win ten wins, not to do any more than what you're doing. To you have to win ten wins. You got to get. You have to win a Super Bowl to be successful. In the I'm National turning Football this League. around on you. Okay. Yeah. Did you have a successful NFL career? As a player, yes. Okay. Did you ever win a playoff game? Yes. Did you ever win more than one playoff game? No. Okay. But I'm not a coach. What is my coach? I'm I'm graded off of my performance on the football field, Dan. I was a three-time All-Pro. I know that. First team. I know that. that. That's what I'm saying. So that's that's my success as a coach. I'm you're graded off of what wins and losses, championship rings, championship rings, right? There's a lot of great coaches that have. There's a lot of really good coaches that haven't won championship rings. Like who? Um, let me pull them up. No, 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 no. Like who? Don't pull them up. Like who? Okay. 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 I think Sean McVay's a really good coach. I think Kyle Shanahan's a really good coach. I think Matt LaFleur is a really good coach. But they're all new. They've been around for more than four or five years. This, this, this is their first head coaching job. So it's not Urban's first head coaching job. This isn't a coach. Those guys didn't come from college where they were, they were winning. Cliff Kingsbury's not, that's not success. He's not. I mean, I still am waiting to see how good of a coach he is. I think Don McVay's went to the Super Bowl already, but he lost. Kyle Shanahan hasn't, he won the Super Bowl, but he lost. Right. Right. People would say, people would say this Andy Reid's a really good coach, but he's not a great coach until you win the big one. Right. I I thought Andy Reid was a great coach before he won the big one. Now he's won the big one. So now he's a Hall of Famer. Right. So he's a great coach. Bill Belichick is a great coach. Right. Pete Carroll's a great coach. Those are great coaches because they've won the big one. Sure. Right. Mike Tomlin's a great coach. He's won the big one twice. Right. That those are, that's when you become great. So this is what I'm saying. When when Urban Meyer, I haven't seen a coach come from college and be successful in the National Football League. And I say that because of this, Dan, uh, as one of my buddies calling me right now. Um, I say that because you, the tactics of getting to of motivating a 17, 18 year old kid, 18 to 21 is different than a grown man who's making just as much money or maybe more than you in, in, in most circumstances. Right. Right. How do you motivate a person that has money, that has everything they've always wanted? How do you get them to come to practice and practice hard? You know how you do it? By being successful, by making sure that the things that you do work. So I'll say this. This is what I'm saying. For example, I remember first getting to the National Football League as a rookie. Practice was crazy. I saw some stuff that was insane. Right. I was coming from UCLA where we were live all the time. I mean, we tackled to the ground all year long. I saw them. I saw one person touch a hand on, lay a hand on Fred and the coach like almost cut him on the spot. On Fred Never Taylor. seen anything. You know, Fred Taylor, never seen anything like it. Right. And so I had to switch the way we practice. And I was always concerned, like, man, like we're not winning like this. Like we're not. But then the more I got to see how the NFL practiced and how they played and how you practice more mental than it was physical. Right. The physical part was your recovery and kind of going through certain things, but it's all mental, being able to mentally be in the game plan and understand how you're going to try to attack this person or attack that person. Well, Urban Meyer's the other way. He's all physical. He is, we're going to grind this out. We're going to do these different things. And you're not winning 
So you're gonna you're telling everyone we're gonna do the opposite of what the National Football League has been been about, and you're not winning with that. So what does that bring? That doesn't bring trust, right? You just talked about a couple a couple of things that you said when they're like, oh, this kid's playing a little bit more than he played zero snaps. That's called lying, right? Or or you don't know, which is an even bigger problem. Well, what are the great? Hey, Maurice, the great. I feel like the great NFL coaches are micromanagers. They know what's happening on every layer of the organization. And the thing about Urban that's very different is clearly he doesn't micromanage. And I don't know what he does exactly. I'll tell you this, which I thought it was very interesting from somebody who worked with him in television. They said they were surprised by how little he knew about offense. He, said, but he's never, he's never been that kind of coach though. Exactly. He's never been a coordinator. He was a special teams coordinator before he got his head coaching job at Bowling Green. Right. And then he goes to Utah. So he's never been an offensive or defensive coordinator of any stature on any level. He's always been a manager and a CEO type. Yeah. And when you manage through fear and people don't trust you, that's when these leaks start to happen. And I just don't know how you write the ship, and, how and you so repair is, things. So this is what I, I said on TV. They, I, was, I was asked this question on game day final. I've never seen anything like this in the National Football League. One. And you tell me if you have. Have you seen anything like this? Not that I can remember. And to me, anytime your dirty laundry gets aired out to the public, the relationship is over. In every relationship. If it's a marriage, dating, working, whatever it may be. If you have dirty laundry that gets aired out, it becomes a problem. And, and so in this situation, Dan, to be honest with you, it may be time to part ways. It just, it just didn't work out. This is not Columbus, Ohio. This is not Gainesville, Florida. This is not Salt Lake City, Utah, right? Or wherever Bowling Green is in Ohio. You are one of 32 teams. You are one of 32 people who are head coaches of a national football league. I remember this and I'll, and I'll end it with this. And this is, kind of what I tried to harp a little bit on um, with all his antics off the field. I remember I sat down with Shad Khan. I was holding out, uh, Dan, and me and Shad sat down. We had a meeting. It was a secret meeting, me, him, and the GM, Gene Smith. And uh, Shad was saying, like, you know, I have all this money, and no one even knew who I was. No one knew who I was. I had all this money. And he goes, as soon as I become the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I can't even walk down the street because people know who I am. I can't have ketchup on my shirt. I can't do anything. And I looked at him. You know what I told him? Welcome to the club. (laughs) Right. And that's the thing. Like you can be a great college coach. You could be one of the greatest college coaches ever. And the amount of pressure on you has nothing compared to being an NFL coach, player, or owner of a football team. And that's the difference. Everyone has their eyes on you when you're at the highest level. When you're in Columbus, Ohio, the Columbus newspaper knows about you, right? Every every newspaper in the world talks about the National Football League. They don't always talk about college. They don't always talk about this. And that gives me, and this is what I was going to tell you, go on over and look at Carolina. They have a problem too. With rule? Oh, it's not working. No. I've never, this isn't college. You can't switch quarterbacks in and out. Like yeah. that. You, and, and your coordinator who was on the road to being a head coach all of a sudden's fired midseason. I thought that was interesting. But I want to I want to tell you the, the thing that I found interesting is we don't we don't see a lot of coaches fired after one year, right? The list is not long. No, no, it's not. Steve Wilkes in Arizona was the last one. 
They replaced him with Cliff. Contrary to your belief, I believe Cliff's run as an NFL head coach has been successful so far. Well, hold on. Hold on. Before you say that, he's had one winning season. How, How is he been that? There? Huh? Three years. Right. He's in his third year. Yeah. He's building. He's gotten better every year. Okay. All right. Go that's ahead. that's not go that's ahead. not the debate here. So right. here, here are the other ones. So Wilkes was replaced with Cliff. So far, that that looks like a good move. Chip Kelly was a one-year wonder, not so much a wonder, with the 49ers. He followed up Jim Tom Sula, who was with the 49ers for one year, just a horrendous two-year run. So they replaced Chip with Kyle. Success, right? He's had success there so they, far. They replaced Chip with Tim, Jim, and then Jim with Kyle. Yes, I missed Jim. Yes. yes. And then Jim with Kyle. Yes, thank you. After those two miserable men, and by the way, I would say overall, Jim's success was Jim's career as a head coach in the NFL. Overall, above average, right? I know you you use black and white to determine successful, like winning a Super Bowl. But Harbaugh had a good run there. He had a good run. He got to. He Super had a Bowl. really good run there. Yeah. All right. So then your guy uh, with the Jags was it Mike Malarkey was Mike. replaced by Gus Bradley. Yep. Okay. Hugh Jackson. Replaced by Dennis Allen did not go well. Jim Mora, after one year with Seattle, replaced by Pete Carroll. My point is, it's about 50 50, right? When you fire a guy after one year over the last 10, half of the replacements have been successful, half have. But, but those, 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 like, I, I so I, I understand where you're going with that. You just have to find a good coach. You have to find a good coach and you have to find a good GM. That's what you have to find. Right now in Jacksonville, I don't know what they have. I don't. And so this, this is a problem because this is too, this is back to like Gus was there. You fired Gus. He brought, he gave it to Doug Marone, right? You, I want to say they, Doug, they went to the, the AFC championship game. Then they yeah. blew it up and went to rebuild again, right? That didn't work out. And now you're, you're here, you know, you believe that Urban was a guy. He's not the guy. He's lost, he's lost the locker room as you've talked about. Um, people in, when you're challenging your coaches that way, that becomes an issue. Um, and so they have issues there to me, you move on. I, I totally I'm not paying him a hundred million dollars either. So that's the other problem. Like we forget the money that's tied to this guy, right? If you fire him, guess what? You got to pay him all his money. So do you try to work out a, a, a settlement? Cause if I'm urban too, and you're firing me, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm getting it all, man. I'm yeah. not, I'm not taking 70 cents on the dollar. I'm, exactly. I'm getting it all. So what are you going to do? I think if you're shot con and you want to win football games, you say, take it, take my money and run you thief. Yeah. I, I know for a fact that you wouldn't do that at all. <laughs> so let's, let's stop talking about what he would do with what you would do with his money and then say what you would do with your money. If it's me, I'll be like, we got to figure this out. Or like I'm you're stuck, you're hamstrung. That's why, that's why I hate this. Is this is my issue? And people are gonna be like, Maurice, that's why I hate giving coaches 10-year deals because you don't know what's gonna happen. I right? Totally guess who agree. guess who else guess who else had a 10-year deal? Gruden. John Gruden. Yeah. Like, like, come on, that's too much. Give them the three or four-year deal like you do a player, and you you critique them and you grow off it. Well, I understand, for instance, uh, when San Francisco hired Kyle, they gave him an extra year. They gave him five years. I think they gave Lynch five years, too, because it just 
it added that extra year of security saying, hey, dude, we're not going to fire you after two years. Right? right. And I think with Kyle, the way things started there because of the injuries and they've been bitten by the injury bug every single year. Right. He it it, it gave him this extra level of, hey, I'm not, I don't have to worry about getting fired after two years. And he's a, he's one of the best coaches in the National Football League. But I think that extra year up to five is good. But 10 years, no good. Right. I hardly agree. Um, all right. We've we've uh, we've dug into the coaches. I think we agree on uh, what should happen in Jacksonville. And with that, we are going to take a quick break so I can tell you about uh, our friends at Focus Search Partners. They build teams that grow companies. Get exclusive access to an experienced team dedicated to helping you find accomplished C-level talent, versatile interim executives, or next-generation leaders ready to scale your organization through each stage of your business's life cycle. With Focus Search Partners, you get the right leaders at the right time, which gives you a competitive advantage and speed to market. Visit focussearchpartners.com slash helipod to discover a retained executive search firm focused on big picture growth, not just individual placements, and partner with who you want to partner with who's going to help you go all the way. That's a partner you're looking for, Focus Search Partners. And our friends at Greens Plus, a leader since 1989, known for creating the first ever blended green superfood powder and the first company to infuse green superfoods into a bar. The bars taste great. The powders are awesome. It's organic. It's gluten-free. Premium green superfoods. You can get it at Whole Foods, Amazon, or greensplus.com. Free shipping and 20% off today with the promo code Helly, that's 20% off today. Greensplus.com with the promo code Helly. All right, MJD, we're back. You ready for some picks? Yes, I'm ready. All right, so uh, after adding up the last couple of weeks, we were brutal in week 13, very good in week 14, both three and one last week. You missed Minnesota over Pittsburgh. I missed the Rams over the Cardinals. And are you ready for this? Through 14 weeks... Maurice Jones drew three time all pro 43 and 35 through 14 weeks. Dan Helly sportscaster 43 35. We are dead even going into week 15. And we have three intriguing games prior to Sunday. Yep. The Saturday games have uh, started up this weekend. Let's start with Thursday night football though. Chiefs nine and four. Three-point favorites at the Chargers, eight and five. A lot of points going to be scored over under 52. Chris Jones on the COVID list could be back with a couple of negative tests, but uh, he was just placed there recently. Kansas City defense really changed, I think, when they started using Jones more inside. Both teams playing better. I talked earlier about how Kansas City is back. I like the Chiefs here, 33-27, MJD. Yeah, I like the Chiefs too. And I'm going to tell you, it's Melvin, Melvin Ingram's the one that kind of put this defense back into play. If you if you really remember, they were struggling because they didn't have that second edge pressure yep. to help. Frank Clark does a good job, but he needs help. He's not a he's not a guy that's going to beat you right away. He's an effort guy. He's going to beat you with effort. He does a great job of, against the run, but they needed that other guy to help with him, right? Because he was getting a lot of pressure, and that's why they put Chris Jones out there. Well, when you get Melvin Ingram in, you put Chris Jones on the inside, and all of a sudden you have a, your your situation there. But needless to say about the defense, who's been playing really well right now, and I think that's the key, it's the Chargers secondary that scares me more than anything. And even with or without Duro and James, your corners are getting beat like drums. 
And so to me, that's going to be the concerning part. Um, I like the Chiefs in this one. I'm writing that note down so I can revisit that next week. Uh, I think that's a great point about the Chargers corners. Um, okay. Saturday, we have two games, right? We have the Raiders, mm-hmm. six and seven at the Browns, seven and six. Browns favored by six, over under 42 and a half. So not a lot of points expected to be scored, but the Browns are a disaster right now. They have 19 players on COVID lists. Kevin Stefanski, Baker Mayfield put on the COVID list Wednesday. Need two negative tests separated by 24 hours to be back on the field. Uh, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, Jedrick Wills, Wyatt Teller, all on the COVID list right now. For that reason, uh, I'm rolling with the Raiders here to win in Cleveland, even though they're six-point dogs, 23-20. Give me, uh, give me Las Vegas. I'm going to take the Browns in this one. Okay. I, I, the name that you didn't mention, Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, right? That defense has been playing really well. Um, and all that's been telling me is that Nick Chubb is going to touch the ball a ton. They're going to run the heck out of the ball this week. Um, and, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones is still there. You still have enough weapons on the outside. I know Hooper's one of their better tight ends, but you still have in, in Joku. You still have the other kid, uh, Bryant, Harrison Bryant there that could play. And, you know, again, Case Keenum has won games for him. And, yeah. and that defense has played well. So I, I like the Browns in that one. All right, Case Keenum will go quarterback if Baker can't. Nick Mullins is the uh, backup who's on the practice squad right now. Yeah, if Nick Mullins goes, I, I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I got to switch. Patriots 9-4. and four. At the Colts, seven and six. This is interesting, MJD, because the Colts are favored by two and a half over the Patriots who come into this one with two more wins. Tampa Bay and Indy, the only teams averaging 30 points per game in the last seven games, right? And New England right behind them at uh, 29.1. I know everything's been going well for the Patriots for the most part. There's something up with this game with the Colts being favored at home. I'm going Colts here, 22-17. You're going against the great Bill Belichick. I am. I I am. I I think I think you're, the Colts are going to be able dang. to run the ball. Yeah, they listen. They may be able to run the ball, but there's one thing I don't know what they'll be able to. I don't know if they'll be able to stop New England's running game. I love um, Ramondre Stevenson. Yes, and I think if I love Stevenson, I love Harris if he's able to play. They have other guys that can step up in Bolden that can play. Um, to me, I, I'm going to go in New England. I, I have to go with the hot hand. They've won, what, seven games straight? You got to go with the hot hand and, and keep it going. That's, I'm, I'm, even though Colts are favored there, um, that would be an upset in my mind if if uh, if they win that game. So I feel like I'm kind of picking an upset there, which I'm good with. Uh, all right, Washington 6-7 and seven, and Philadelphia 6-7. and seven. You talked about the NFC East. This is really going to play itself out because Washington plays Philadelphia twice and uh, having played the, the Cowboys, like, they win, they're in. I don't think they win. Jalen Hurts trending towards playing. Uh, Nick Sirianni says he is the starter, as he should be if healthy. No question. Philadelphia favored by six here. Uh, not going to be a high-scoring game. Over-unders, 45 and a half. I don't think either team gets to 20, but I do have Philadelphia winning at home 19-17. Yeah, I, I, like, I like Philadelphia in this one as well. Um, two reasons. One, I think the running quarterback is an issue. Um, and then to be honest, their defense, I mean, Darius Slay has been doing really well. And I think I saw, did, did Terry McLaurin get held without a catch last week? Yeah. yeah it was unbelievable. That's what, see what I'm saying. Like, that's a problem. No Logan Thomas, like 
it's a lot going on there. Um, I, I like Philly this week. All right, you and me both on the Eagles there. Titans, nine and four, a one and a half point favorite on the road at Pittsburgh. Again, another game that's over under 44, not a lot of points expected to, uh, to be scored. Um, since losing Derrick Henry in week eight, the Titans are 24th in points per drive. They only put up 20 against Jacksonville, despite the fact that Jacks turned it over four times. Titans going to get A.J. Brown back soon. There is optimism that Derrick Henry is going to be ready for the playoffs. Um, you know, I love the Titans. I just feel like going on the road in Pittsburgh, they're not, they're, they're going to lose a couple here. You know, I think they get to 10, maybe 11 wins. If Ben can stay upright, I feel like the Steelers are going to pull this out. The biggest weakness for the Steelers is giving up too many points, right? 36 or more in three of their last four games and lost three out of the last floor. I think they're going to put flex seal on the boat here to avoid sinking a little bit. And um, I think Pittsburgh's going to pull this one out. I like Pittsburgh in this one. Let me see who I took because I, I, I want to make sure I keep it because I was going back and forth. That This is one of the tougher games to call. Um, yeah, I took Pittsburgh in this one. And, and the reason why I took Pittsburgh, because um, it was kind of up and down, but who, who are the receivers for the Titans? Julio Jones? Like – Julio's still not Julio right Julio, now. Julio, Nick Westbrook, Aquina, Chester that's what I'm Rogers. Saying. Yeah. And they 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 were Julio is still getting back, right? And that's the issue. Um I don't I know the Steelers are giving up a ton of running yards, but I don't you know. I seem to be a little torn here. I am this is a tough game to call. I mean, I'm gonna pick Pittsburgh just because it's at home. They're at home. Um, but it's 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 a tough game to call. It's a tough game to pick. All right, so you're going, you're going Pittsburgh. We're both going Pittsburgh there. Um, yeah, I, I think the Titans, if they can get healthy going in the playoffs, they're, they're dangerous, man. Like you talk about teams that are that are made for the postseason. They that's, are. That's certainly one of them, right? But, I just need this. Can I just say this? Uh, Chase Claypool, please just get the ball back to the referee. We don't need to. We know you got a first down. We don't need you to celebrate it, <laughs> and, and we already know. Okay, I get it. He shouldn't have celebrated. The celebration wasn't that long. The ball was. It was, out of hands. but that was, was the problem. That's if you don't celebrate, the ball's knocked out of your not out, knocked out of your hands, which then saves you ten seconds. Dan, you telling me they couldn't have they couldn't have run two plays down yes, there? Yes, no, they could have. They could have. Exactly. And you're, probably, you're probably right if you hadn't celebrated. If you had just thrown it back, you're. I hadn't thought about that aspect of it. I thought he was getting a little too much, a uh, little too no. much hate for that potential. No, he should be getting all the hate for that. What are you doing? <laughs> and then you had you opened your mouth about playing music at practice. Just play football. You don't need music at practice. Well, maybe you don't deserve music at practice. Um, oh my goodness! All right, Bengals seven and six. The Broncos seven and six. I listen. I've said this before. I love Joe Burrow. I'm buying the Bengals stock. We we talked about the game against San Francisco. That was a playoff caliber game. Uh, Denver has a nice secondary, but they struggle against the run. I expect a heavy dose of Joe Mixon here. Couple of matchups though that I want to watch, right? Denver getting their nickel uh, back in Bryce Callahan. It's the first game since week eight. He's probably going to cover Tyler Boyd. Patrick Sertan going to be on Jamar Chase. That's a great matchup of young players I'm looking forward to watching. Denver has a couple of really good running backs. I think, name me a better duo, you know, than these two in Denver. Nick, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's about all I can say. But That's they it, haven't been probably, healthy. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that Cincinnati run defense is a lot better this year. I, I I like Cincinnati here on the road to get the win in Denver because I think Cincinnati's a playoff team and that's where they're going to end up. Um, 
So let over under 44. Still gonna, a low scoring game. Yeah, it's going to be right on the number. I'm going to go on Cincinnati 24-20. What do you like? I like Cincinnati in this one too. I, I told you before, I, I think Cincinnati is a team to make the playoffs. I think they go on a run here. I think that, you know, they have to fix it, it, winning is a process, right? You have to learn to win. Um, you fix your offense, you fix your defense. Now you're going to adjust your special teams, understanding that just catching the ball is all you need. You don't need a big return, a, you know, a big play. Your offense is explosive enough. So I, I think again, you know, I, I think I like them. Uh, I just think the Broncos there, they're going to play a tough brand of football. But if you watch the last time Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase went against Patrick Sertan, <laughs> they it wasn't good for for that defense of Alabama. So yeah, uh, I like that matchup. I didn't think about that. That's a good one. Um, all right, picks are in. We are dead even going into Week 15. Six games on the line. We differ on a couple of them. Uh, you know, you know what I've noticed about you. You're not a big underdog guy, dude. I mean, no. you kind of just go with the favorites and the front runners. I mean, I know you lived your whole life as a favorite and a front runner, you know, playing at De La Salle. And then you go to UC. Well, actually, UCLA, you weren't necessarily a favorite because you were the second. We became player. a favorite. We became a favorite quickly my junior year, though. Okay. That's we true. were ranked top 10 in the country for about four or five weeks. Were you really? Oh, yeah. I was a Heisman candidate and everything, Dan. It's crazy. Well, I, I knew that. I didn't realize you guys were top 10, though. Yeah. We, we lost. We were top 10. We lost to Arizona. Horrible. Then we came back, beat another team, got back in, then lost to SC. Horrible. And then we won our bowl game. Yeah, we won our bowl game that year, blew out Northwestern. And then we ended up at like eight or something in the country. That's strong. Um, I hope week 15 treats you well, but not as well as it treats me. <laughs> well, listen, this is the other thing. We didn't talk about it, but the COVID outbreaks are real right now. The Rams have 19 players on it. I think yeah. the Browns have another 19. So We'll see. I hope everyone feels better and, 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 you know, things get to go in as planned, but if not, it seems like we may have some football on Tuesday. I don't think you're going to move any games, MJD. I think as long as they have enough warm bodies to roll out there this weekend, they're, they're playing them. No, you don't they think so. Move that, they may move that Saturday game for sure. It's a competitive advantage. Think about what the Rams is. We didn't even talk about it. The Rams literally went out there with, without five starters and beat your Cardinals who are a really good team and and who, you know, oh, by the way, news breaking, DeAndre Hopkins to miss the rest of the regular season with a knee sprain and should be back for the postseason per Adam Schefter. Oh. I just got that. I just got my Twitter back, too, so I'm excited. Yeah, Twitter's good. Been, you need to start uh, being I'm going to start active. retweeting our stuff, yeah. Hey, it was gone. Who did somebody, somebody, you just forgot your password? What happened there? Yeah, I don't know. Just being me. All right. Um, all right. So we hope everybody's good from COVID. We want everybody to be out there on the field. Don't know if that's going to happen. You think there could be some games postponed. I don't. I think they're going to play them as, uh, if they possibly can. Um, dude, have a great weekend. I will catch up with you uh, next week. And um, may the best man win this week. I can't wait, man. I'll see you. Uh, maybe we catch up this weekend. I'd love to. I'll be here. All right. I'll hit you up. All right, buddy. See you, man. All right. Bye.